Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Listening to Hawks Live presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show starts at 7 every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports 710. Broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Now, if you're not live, like you're listening on the radio, our fans here, you guys got a rude awakening. You guys awake now? The sound system said, look, make sure you're up because you got uh, to listen ready, to me man. and Paul Boyer, man. Paul, how you doing? I'm good. The, the crowd's in a better mood than last week. That's for sure. That's for um, sure. But Why um, is that? Uh, probably because we got our butts kicked a week ago, but uh, made amends for that this past week. And um, this is a fun time right now. By the way, we always talk about it. This is a, a great setting here at the collection, uh, Bellevue Collection. And um, the, the holiday's coming up. Next, can you believe, next week's Thanksgiving. Crazy. Crazy. And we, matter of fact, this is our last show for three weeks. We got two Thursday games in a row. We got Thanksgiving, and the following week we're in Dallas uh, for Thursday night again. So, um, and actually, yeah, then, then the third week we're back. So uh, glad to have everybody. <laughs> Paul doing that math, calculate, boom, 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 yeah, boom. Didn't, not very quick. Hey, it's all good, baby. Hey, but uh, last week the Hawks get it done 29 to 26. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been weird in Seattle because. You look at the win and you go, I will take that win however you can take it. But for some people, they want to see a, uh, a certain fashion of win when it comes to the Seahawks. Me personally, I look at this team, I go, look, mediocre offense, mediocre defense. You have a quarterback who's figuring it out. You got potential everywhere. So to be at 6-3 and three at this point in the season, I'm okay. Well, at the beginning of the year, you, you would say, Take that all day. Being, we're tied for first place in, in the NFC West. I, I don't think we, we thought San Francisco would take a step back, losing three games in a row. They, they ride the ship last week, obviously, against ja, uh, uh, the Jaguars. Um, look, I actually thought we played pretty well last week. I, I would even say really well last week. I didn't think the score was indicative of how we controlled that game. Um, we gave up a couple of big plays, obviously, defensively, particularly in the fourth quarter, two, two big drives that, you know, there was four plays and it, it wasn't scheme. It wasn't that they were better than us. We dropped coverage really three times, but two of them that really hurt us. We had one drive where they got a couple matchups on us that uh, weren't weren't perfect, but I thought we played well. I mean, Geno Smith had a career high in passing yards last week. I mean, who who would even thunk that uh, at that point? So I thought we we did a good job protecting. We ran the ball well. Um, so it was it was a good win. This is not college football playoffs, right? This is not uh, the University of Washington having to have style points against each team to to make the final four. This is just about wins, and this was a good win for us. This is another game. I don't care how we win it. We are better than the Rams. We'll talk a little bit more about them. They're not a very good football team. That doesn't mean they're an easy team. They scheme us. They've got good players, but we're a better team than them if we go out and play our kind of football. You scared me right now. I didn't mean to. They're not a better football team. They're not. But they can out-scheme us. Well, they can't. That That's mean the NFL, though. To. That's the NFL, right? It's that, look, you might not have the guys on the D-line to compete with the offensive line, but if you have a coach that can add some wrinkles to the game plan, it might throw you off a little bit. So I, I think that's important because at 6-3, and three, you listen to a lot of the people who watch the Hawks, and uh, they're frustrated. And you can be frustrated. I'm not telling you not to feel what you feel. 
But you got to understand that there's some smart coaches on the other side. And there's only about 1,500 players in this league. So the gap between the best and the worst isn't very big. No. I mean, there's Carolina is probably one team you shouldn't lose to. Um, they're just they're they're in such a rebuild mode with a rookie quarterback. You can't lose those games. Every other game you got to go and play well. I mean, you turn the ball over three times and and don't get any from the other team. You're you're going to lose to a team that's got one or two wins in this league. So you got to go play well. The Rams are tough because they do have very good players. I mean, Stafford is we could argue a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, he played exceptionally well versus us. You got Aaron Donald, who I still think is, uh, you know, if, I don't know if he's the best player in the league on defense, but I don't know who's better than him. Mm. So there's there's a bunch of them that are in that, and he's playing still at a incredibly high level. So they've got guys, but they also have 14 rookies on their roster. Um, all 14 of their draft picks made the team. You know, so, so most of them, I think nine of them are fifth round and later. So I think they're just trying to fill the roster, lower the salary cap for them. But, you know, I think McVay is, if he's not the best, he's one of the very best in the NFL at at finding the matchups. He's always looking for the, the, the matchup. And that always makes me nervous because we usually in the past have played kind of a vanilla defense. Right. Uh, we, we're not that same defense anymore. We, we do more matchup zone defense. Uh, we do different things in man-to-man. We don't play just a 4-3. You know, we, we have two down linemen. We 3-4. I mean, we, we mix a lot of different uh, formations in there, too. Something that uh, stood out to me last week, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN combined for 19 receptions, 243 yards, and one touchdown last week. The best performance we've gotten out of these three, man. I think this is something that we've been looking forward to. JSN comes into the season, he gets banged up, breaks his wrist or a bone in his wrist after scoring a touchdown in the preseason. You have DK, lots of targets, not a lot of receptions. And then you have Tyler Lockett, who's Mr. Consistent. If these three can continue to play at this level, what does that mean? Well, the, the thing I liked about last week is they were productive, but we didn't lose sight of our tight ends and our running backs either. So... I thought from a balance standpoint, the way we spread the ball around was one of our best this year. Right. Um, and you're right. Look, we, we're a, a, an 11 personnel offense. It's one tight end, one running back, three, three wide receivers. That's what we're going to feature. But we also saw a lot of three tight ends in the game. We saw a lot of two tight ends in the game. They mixed it up uh, a bunch. We, we actually saw a couple check downs in the middle of the field. One went for the big touchdown big to DK. Uh, and so I just thought it was a really good game plan for us. And I thought Gino played obviously in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, uh, probably his best game. Yeah, I look at Gino in the fourth quarter or just the last two drives, right? Go nine for 10. One touchdown, you set up the game-winning field goal. I don't think people realize he has 13 game-winning drives mm. and 60 starts. Yeah, That's pretty good. I think the numbers come out to, what, 27% of the time. He's uh, 21% of the time he's leading his team to a game-winning drive. Um, what does that say about Geno? Because I think that we look at Geno and we see him as a top-10 pick for some reason. That's not what he was. Second-round pick bad time with the Jets, and now he's, uh, he's doing his thing here, not having the season, season that he had last year, but he's still playing some good football. Yeah, look, it's, it's more the touchdown to interception ratio. You know, he had a, he had a you know, two or three game stretch where, 
you know, turn the ball over a, a few times. That's not who Geno is, though. Um, you go and watch some of his throws. The first time we played the Rams, you go, oh, man, he's really accurate. I mean, he is an accurate thrower. So I, I just felt like he got back on track. And, you know, for Geno, sometimes it's, you know, do I not turn it over? Do I, you know, try and make the tough throw? You got to make tough throws in this league. You know, I mean, you can't just always go back to pass and look to your left and sometimes you got to say, that guy's covered. I still got to make, make the tough throw. And he's more than capable of it. So I think he's kind of balancing that out of don't turn it over, but also I got to make some, some big time throws here. You know, I think last week, one, one of the things, you know, there's a lot of pauses in that game and it's important we, we had that. Right. You know, there's a few things that it will be interesting going into this week. I have not seen this. Last week, uh, Washington targeted their tight ends and running backs 21 times and completed 20 of them. 20. And Ooh. that's on our linebackers and safeties. And I, I guarantee that McVay has seen that, and he's going to work that. And if that is what is potentially our weakness in pass defense, uh, we're going to see more of that. So I'm curious to see what the Rams do and more importantly how we match up. Yeah, I, I think the Rams will do exactly that. The last two starts that Matthew Stafford has had, 67% of his passes are 10 yards and underneath. And a lot of them are to the left and to the right, right? Outside the numbers, something that uh, you, uh, you wish the Hawks would force the Niners to do when it comes to yes. throwing the football. But uh, Matthew Stafford has all the tools to complete every single throw. So that's what concerns me a little bit. We saw Puka Nakua. Uh, First week in the league, yeah. balls yeah, out. Now thing. you have Cooper Cup as well. Higby, the tight end, hasn't had the greatest season, but we know the capabilities of him. So, uh, yeah, man, it, it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm excited to see exactly what these guys do. Yeah, McVay, um, unlike the 49ers who just live inside the, the numbers, right? McVay creates some really tough routes. I mean, they're difficult routes, and, you know, they will work outside the numbers a lot. And, and you know, certainly Stafford's capable of making those throws. I love the matchup with their wide receivers and our defensive backs. I think Trey Brown, Witherspoon, and Woolen are the three best uh, tandem tandem, is that the right word? A trio, trio. Of, of, uh, yeah. of corners in the league, and they're playing at a high level. So I, I love that matchup. You know, we got to... Hold on, hold on. Don't get too deep into it, man, because we got to save some of that. All, All right. Because right, coming up next, that we're going to dive good, into the Seahawks. Week 11 opponent, the Los Angeles Rams, where Greg Beecham from the AP, that is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. What's up, what's up? You're listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellby Collection. Every Thursday, right here, me and my guy, Paul Moyer, are doing what we're doing right now. We're joined by Greg Beecham, the Associated Press. What's up, Greg? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, Michael. Hi, Paul. How's it going? We're doing okay, wow. man. We're, uh, you know what? I got to keep it 100 with you, man. Whenever we line okay. up with the Rams, <laughs> no matter what the records are, no matter what the stats say, we know it's going to be a good game. You guys sitting at three and six, is that the same feeling? Uh, I think uh, the Rams would be happy if it was a good game at this point. They are, they are having a little more trouble than, than the, uh, the Seahawks are at this point in this season. And it's definitely a great rivalry. I love these games. 
you know there's a lot of crossover on both teams. I mean, everything from Bobby Wagner to Yakima's own Cooper Cup to everything in between. There's always a good rivalry angle to this series, but I think the Seahawks are in a little bit better position this season to uh, get a little revenge for week one than the Rams are to uh, make it a season sweep. Let's put it that way. Well, rumor has it that Matthew Stafford is coming back. It was just, is that what you're hearing? Or what we Looking know? like he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be yeah, back. That, He's been thrown in practice. Unless he has a major setback in the next 48 hours, he'll be in there. All right. Well, everybody here is uh, just cross their fingers. He's going to have a major setback uh, because <laughs> the, la- the last time we played him, he, he really was uh, unbelievable. Made some amazing throws. We know what kind of quarterback he is. We didn't have Cup the last time we played, but we didn't have Witherspoon. Look, they give us us problems. But the one thing I do see offensively that, even in the Packer game, man, the offensive line just looks like they're struggling. Um, What's going on with that? You're 100% correct. It's a... It's, it's, it's a lot on the tackles, too. The, the middle of the line is fairly strong, all things considered. they got a couple of pretty good guards. Steve Avila, the rookie, is looking really good. Hasn't come off the field at all this season. Kevin Dotson's been playing great since they picked him up from Pittsburgh. And uh, Coleman Shelton's a pretty good center. Uh, the tackles are the problem, and that's where the Seahawks have the best chance to exploit uh, what, what the Rams do wrong. Uh, they've got Alaric Jackson at left tackle because he beat out Joe Noteboom, who is the guy they're paying to be their left tackle in training camp. And Alaric's, uh, he's he obviously knows what he's doing, but I don't think anybody would, would argue that he's an elite left tackle at this point. And at right tackle, they've got Rob Havenstein, veteran, you know, the longest-serving guy there on the line. But he has been hobbled with injury. He missed the game in in, uh, in Green Bay, and you could see that, you know, with the guys they used to replace him, it didn't go so well. And uh, he's supposed to come back this week. He has been limited in practice, though, a little bit less practicing than we thought we'd get from him. But uh, he's supposed to come back. If he does, you know, he's – He's a competent left tackle, but if he's less than 100% or if they have to use somebody else, that's, that's a place for the Seahawks to pounce, and, and that's, the, that's the biggest weakness in this Rams offense right now. You're absolutely correct. Greg, I'm a, uh, a former receiver, so I love some receiver play. Uh, mm-hmm. Minus week one. You open up week one, Puka Nakua says, look, don't forget about me. <laughs> Fifth round draft pick. <laughs> BYU, UW. He's, he's got me all concerned, man. But um, he's continued to be productive, man. Um, is this what you expected out of Puka? Uh, I mean, I fill us in because no one was ready for this. I don't think anyone expected this out of Puka, including Puka. I mean, it's, it's been remarkable, the uh, impact he's had on this offense in his first opportunity. And part of that is a credit to playing, you know, with Matthew Stafford, who is an excellent quarterback who can get to the ball all day long when he's healthy, and he has an offensive line that can keep him off his back. And part of it's a credit to playing for Sean McVay, who can dial up all sorts of stuff to uh, to torment a defense, to make the most of a guy's skill set. Cooper Cup's entire career is a testament to that. Cooper's a great receiver, but he would he would be the first to say that he's a better receiver because Sean McVay has been called plays for him for, for six years. But having said that, Puka, you know, has demonstrated his own ability and things that he can do that I don't think anybody really knew when they drafted him. He was the last receiver drafted in the fifth round of the draft. He was he was the 20th receiver overall in the draft. The final pick of the fifth round is just is mind-boggling at this point, considering what he's shown out there on the field. Having said that, he's played uh, a little less little less uh, impactful the previous two weeks before the bye. He is not 100 percent. He's been beaten up a little bit. Sean talked about that earlier this week, how just the cumulative, you know, bumps and bruises of an NFL season, particularly when you're a rookie that's that high profile now, where everybody's looking to get a lick on you. Everybody's looking to uh, to make a statement against you when they, ha- when they line up against you in one-on-one coverage. And uh, he only has uh, three catches in each of the last two games. So 
he's going to have to find dig down deep inside and find find you know the way to finish a, a 17 game season strong, which is tough for any rookie. It's tough for Puka, especially because you know he, this is just coming from from something to nothing and and nothing to something. And once he gets out there and and can show what he can do, you know, down the stretch, that's when you really prove yourself and separate yourself as a player. So I'll be I'll be really curious to see how he does in this, this last eight game stretch of the season. But it's been tremendous so far. It's been really fun to watch. We'll stay on the offensive side. An, an interesting storyline is the Seahawks just signed Brett Rippin, or Re- Brett Rippin, who was a starting <laughs> quarterback the last time the Rams played, which was two weeks ago. They had a, a bye week, and and I'm gonna be honest. I go, I I watched the game, and man, you know the offensive line really struggled struggled against the Packers, and and Brett had a couple bad plays, but by no means was that loss on him. One, were you surprised that happened? And two, were you even more surprised and how that whole thing went down with Carson Wentz now being the backup quarterback for the Rams? I wasn't too surprised because they didn't go into this season expecting Brett Rippon to be the, to be their QB2. They thought Stetson Bennett was going to be their QB2, and they'd spent the entire offseason preparing Stetson for that role. And Brett was, you know, a guy who was going to come in and help out be the third arm in practice and maybe, you know, get an opportunity down the road in garbage time or if they had that, had one of the quarterbacks got injured or something, he would move up. So, you know, Stetson has not been able to play this year. He's, he's away from the team and he's probably not going to play this year. And the way Sean explained their decision to only go with Matthew Stafford and Brett Rippon was that they felt like they needed to use the roster spot on other, other holes in the roster. And to be fair, this roster does have a lot of holes after everything they did in the offseason. So that, that's why he did that. And then they got caught in a situation where Matthew got hurt. You could argue that they should have thought of that since Matthew missed half of last season and they got an offensive line that is probably not going to keep any quarterback healthy for an entire year. That wasn't too hard to see. But having said that, they ended up having to play Brett. They thought they would go into that game, you know, right before the bye in Green Bay. It's going to be raining. It's going to be miserable. Nobody's going to really show out in that game unless they're really special. And I think they just thought they'd see what they could do with Brett. And uh, it didn't go well at all. You know, he's, he's in the rain. He's, he's fumbling the ball. It, it's tough. And not to say that he's not a competent quarterback, because he absolutely is, but that's just a really tough situation to go into, you know, and, and make your first significant playing time of the year. And, you know, Carson Wentz was a guy who was available. I think, I think, I think it was a good match between the two of them because, you know, he, he's halfway through the NFL season. Now, you don't want to sit out an entire season if you're still serious about being a football player. You don't want to take a year off and try to come back. And the Rams offered him stuff. I mean, if you could you could say, you know, maybe he's hung around a little bit longer. The Cleveland Browns might have come knocking, but you don't know that for sure. You don't know what situation it would be. And he took an opportunity to take the same deal that, you know, Baker Mayfield took. The other quarterbacks have come in here and proven that they can do stuff. And, and Sean McVay has been has been a good, a good co-worker for quarterbacks in order to maximize their potential. Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford, you know, Baker Mayfield. And, and I think Carson Wentz saw this as an opportunity that he could, he could uh, stay relevant and know that he's one hit away from playing again with, with some pretty good receivers on this, on this Rams team. So I don't blame him for taking it. I, I kind of fault the Rams for waiting so long to find a backup quarterback. But now that they've done it, I think they're in better position to go forward for the final eight games. All right, Greg, we got about 30 seconds here. I just want to ask you, like, what do you think is the advantage the Rams have on the Seahawks? You look at the numbers, you look at the personnel, you say, look, it should be a good game. We expect it to be a good game, but uh, where is the advantage for the Rams? Uh, most games this season, and this one is no exception, I think the Rams have to score a ton of points to win. I think they should put up, put up a bunch of points. That defense is trying really hard, but they are seriously under-talented given all the uh, personnel changes they made and the people that they chose to put in there. So I think, I think the Rams have an advantage if Stafford is healthy. I think they, they, if they can keep him upright, if they can keep Big Cat off him, if they can keep the rest of the pass rush off him, 
I think I think they have a chance to throw the ball down the field. Uh, you know, get get Puka involved, get Cooper Cup uh, put up a big game. Uh, they got some decent running game here and there in the last few weeks. If they can score a bunch of points and make it a close game down the stretch, they have a chance to pull one out. Otherwise, if the Seahawks get on top early, if the Seahawks get out ahead and, and start playing with the lead, it's going to be a rough day for the boys in the horned helmet. All right, Greg. We know how this goes, though. I'll just expect a close game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, we, <laughs> we appreciate your time, bro. You have a good day. Take care. Have a good night. All right, all right. That's Greg Beecham of the APA. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. You'll have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood and the Lake House. When we return, we'll talk to Seahawks tight end Kobe Parkinson. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. Every Thursday on Seattle Sports, we are right here and live at Bellevue Square Center Court. And now we're joined by Seahawks tight end, Colby Parkinson. Colby, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, thanks for uh, for joining us, man. We had you here live last year, and a, a lot has changed in your life since then, man. Um, I believe you're married now. Uh, you, yep. you've, been, you've been playing a lot of golf. What's, what's that handicap like these days, man? <laughs> well, these days it's not as good as it was over the summer. Um, it got it down <laughs> to a seven, seven this offseason, which is my career low. So uh, ended on a high note. That ain't bad. No, congratulations. I'm that one guy who follows you on all of your social media on uh, X and Instagram. <laughs> and I'm just jealous because I saw you down at Pebble Beach and you were traveling pretty oh, yeah. much the country um, playing every single golf uh, course you could. So we'll stay on the golf part because the last time we had you on, you said at the time you could not beat your fiance, who she played, by the way, at Alabama. She was a golfer. Um, yep. And now you're married. Congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. Did, have you beat her yet in golf? <laughs> I have not, unfortunately. Come on! Um, I know. I've, I've gotten close, but it seems like even when it's close, I, I always end up losing by at least one. So maybe one of these days I'll, uh, I'll finally beat her. You're going to start having to yell on her backswing or something. <laughs> oh, man. I, I do everything I can. You can't shake her. <laughs> We were actually talking about you over dinner, Colby, and uh, uh, Moyer goes, man, it'd be tough to have a wife who plays golf. And I go, well, you know, you get, get tips and lessons, but she might have to ride in the other golf court every now and then because I don't, I don't want to <laughs> ride with her if she's beating me. But uh, let, let's talk some football, man. I mean, you guys are 6-3, and three, the same spot you guys were in last year, um, and it have mm -hmm. overcome a lot, man. And when I think of this team, I think of resiliency. Um, when you think of this team and you describe this team to someone who hasn't seen you guys play, like how would you do that? Yeah, I like the word resiliency, like you said. Um, you know, there's no quit in us. We've definitely been, uh, it's been close. It feels like every game, you know. Um, and we, when our back's against the wall, when it's a two-minute drive to win the game, we, we don't get, um, you know, uh, any doubt in our mind and we just go out there and do our thing and, and win the game. Colby, you guys have so much talent, uh, you know, at the receiver position, at the tight end position, at the running back position. Man, you, you can't get all of them in at, at the same time, obviously. And, you know, fighting for, you know, personnel groupings and, and playing time. Um, how is that? I mean, is that frustrating? I mean, do you guys, are you guys still a pretty cohesive group? 
yeah, I think we're all very supportive of each other. Um, you know, there's a ton of playmakers on the team, and we all want to get our chance to, you know, catch the ball and do something with it. But more importantly than that, we want to win the game. And I think that's a common thread amongst the entire team, and, and that leads to successful, cohesive units. How's it been for the, the tight end group being run blockers? Now, you're typically a run blocker on the edge of the line of scrimmage, but there are some times where we see two tight ends in the backfield. You guys are motioning, and, and I, would, I would assume trying to decipher man or zone. Just what's that like for you? Because I doubt you did those type of schemes in college. Uh, yeah, Shane draws up a lot of uh, cool ways to use us in the run game, and it's it's fun. You know, it's uh, cool being moved around a lot and, you know, uh, presenting different looks to the defense. It makes it tough for them to decipher what we're doing, uh, and it leads to a lot of good opportunities for us to, uh, you know, break Ken or Zach or DJ loose and, and, you know, get some big gains. You guys uh, you guys play next week in, on Thursday night uh, against the 49ers, and you, you'll play them again a few weeks later, which – is 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 different in how you guys game plan um but you had the rams literally nine weeks ago with the bye how much different are they and and how much different is the game plan and i I, you don't have to get specifics but just going into this game uh yeah you know we were also a very different offense than we were week one you know I, i don't think we came out uh to start the season the way we wanted to um so going into this game you know we're uh, I think we're starting to kind of, you know, figure out and hit our stride as an offense, and that's going to uh, lead to a lot of success, I believe, on Sunday. You know, I think we, we're still searching, you know, for the perfect game where we're clicking on all cylinders. We've had glimpses of it uh, on different drives within a game, um, and now uh, we're just trying to put it all together. Colby, this could have an easy answer, uh, but, you know, I've been associated with the Hawks since 08. My guy Moyer's been here a little before me 83 and uh no matter how you put it the rams always give the seahawks some trouble right is that something that you guys talk about or acknowledge or are you just focused on the day and nobody pay attention to all that noise yeah i mean we, we can't really focus on what's happened in years past um we just take it one game at a time and like pete always says it's all about us you know we control the outcome of the game um, obviously, they're going to make their plays, but if we play well, uh, we don't think anyone can stand in our way. You mentioned you guys are still searching for that perfect game. What does that look like for, from your offense and what you guys are trying to do? Yeah, I think it's uh, mitigating a lot of negative plays. I think we've had uh, a lot of penalties and, and poor, poor timing, you know, where it knocks us back into a you know, first and long, second and long, where we're on our heels already and uh, not stalling. You know, I think we have, we've had a couple three and outs um, and that's just, that's across the board accountability. You know, we all got to be better. We got to execute better, um, do our job better. Uh, and I think if we get rid of those, uh, you know, towards the middle of the game, uh, I think we'll be able to, you know, put up a lot more points and um, have, have some more success. Hey, Colby, um, there was a, a, a personnel package when I was playing when they threw up the E, I knew that I was in the game, right? Extra receiver. Uh-huh. Now, you guys uh, have a 13-personnel group where all you guys are out there at one time. Uh, what's that like? Do you guys talk about that? Do you get excited when you, when you hear the personnel group you guys run out there or, or, there, or is it just uh, business as usual? Let's go get it. No, it's exciting. You know, I love when we're all out there together, especially when, 
uh, you know, we can, one of us catches the ball and all three of us are on the field. It's fun. And we're able to celebrate each other out there. It's a definitely a cool experience. And, um, you know, we, we want more 13 plays. So we're excited to make the ones that we get work and hopefully get more in the next week. Well, as we mentioned last time we talked with you last year, you were, you were engaged. Now you've been out here a couple of years. Now you're married. What's, uh, what's life like that for you? Has it changed, particularly on your, your downtime uh, after you get home from practice? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, my wife is awesome. I'm so thankful to be able to come home to her every day and, uh, you know, look forward to that after a long day at the office, you know, body sore or whatever. It's, it's great to be able to come home and reset and, uh, have a have a nice perspective on on life on football and uh, she helps reset that a lot and focus on the Lord and uh, you know what's important to us. Amen to that. And you know, there's a lot of top golf places around here. Uh, do you guys uh-huh. get a chance at all to go hit a few golf balls, to, or you know, just to get a little bit of your swing and keep that in rhythm? Uh, we try to. We actually have a, a simulator in the uh, oh, a golf simulator in the place where we're <laughs> living. In. It's not. It's not mine. Don't worry. I didn't. Okay. I didn't spend 25k on a on a golf simulator yet. Um, but we're able to swing swing every now and then, and uh, it's nice to be able to share that together. What's it like for you? The second year in the league, there's a obviously you have three teams that you're going to play twice a year. Um, I know when I play, you build kind of relationships with the guys that you're playing against. Have you mm-hmm. developed any of those relationships? Like a guy like, all right, there's a DN, there's an outside backer that I'm going to go up against. Uh, we, we talk a little crap every now and then. You have those relationships or you kind of just run the play, get to the huddle? Uh, you know, I definitely, you, you know, you play these guys, like you said, twice a year, so you know who you're going up against. You know, all right, this is Rams week, you know they're going to run a 3-4, the 51 penny. Like, you know exactly what to expect and you definitely know the personnel pretty well too so it's fun being able to play them uh you know twice a year and we'll uh, have to get them back for week one colby it's amazing there's eight games left in the season uh you know college has got two games in the regular season left how's your body feeling yeah i'm uh, i'm hanging in there doing uh doing pretty good for this time of the year you know it's uh a long season like you said we're only halfway which is pretty crazy uh, but body's feeling good, and you know I'm ready to to tackle this weekend. Ready to get after it. All right, Colby, man, uh, we appreciate your time. You're a, a newlywed. Moyer's got about 30 years in the game. 34 I, was 34, my anniversary. 34. I got like 15 in the game. So uh, enjoy the ride, brother, man. It, it's going to be beautiful, man. We appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. God bless. You got it. All right, that was Colby Parkinson. When we return, man, we'll go around the NFL. What's going down? We have a Thursday night football game. Baltimore Ravens are up 24 to 13 over the Bengals. We'll talk about that and more. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports 710. We'll be doing our thing from Bellevue Square Center Court. Now it's time to go around the NFL. And uh, just an update, Ravens are up 27-13 against the Cincinnati Bengals in the third quarter. It's about to come to an end. This is a weird, the NFC North, or AFC, is, AFC, AFC North is a weird thing going on right there, right? Because the Hawks, they beat the Browns, lose to the Bengals. 
lose to the Ravens. Ravens are about to beat the Bengals, and the Bengals beat the Ravens, I want to say, last week. There's just there's a lot going yeah. on over there. That's why, that's why I don't like people saying, well, they beat them, and, and, and they beat them, so we should be fine. No, this NFL. You got to show up every yeah, week. Yeah, the NFL is, again, it's, it's a hard game. There's a lot of smart coaches. You know, they're going to force you to do things you don't want to do eventually, and that's why you can go and be Baltimore, beat us 37-3, to and then lose the following week. Uh, and then come back and look really good. Now, the one thing, Joe Burrow, looks like he either broke his hand or it's terrible bruise. I mean, his hand was swollen, and uh, he ended up going into the locker room. I mean, he couldn't throw a football anymore. I thought initially, I thought he grabbed his forearm, which a lot of times is that elbow. um, The UCL. Yeah, thank you. Um, But hopefully it's just a a bad bruise because without him, you know, Cincinnati's done. Yeah, that, that's tough, man. He's already battled back from a calf injury, and then as soon as he gets, health, as he gets healthy, the team looks good, and then it hurts to see him go down that way. Uh, something happened this week. You got uh, the Bills take a loss. Yeah. And uh, the offense looks okay, minus the quarterback turning the football over like crazy. And they had a chance to win this ball game against the Denver Broncos, and then Denver kicks the field goal. They push it to the right kind of like what my drive looks like off the tee box, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> half of the time. Mulligan. And, you know, Mully lined up breakfast, breakfast ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> so then they get an opportunity to do it again because there are 12 men on the field. Broncos kick the field goal, game over, Broncos win. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, special teams guys fired. No, sir. Offensive coordinator was fired. What do you think about that situation? Well, my first thing is their head coach, McDermott, I'm thinking – he should be fired. I go, you're the one responsible for that. And here's another thing. What are you doing? Denver did not call a timeout, right? And so they, they schemed them hard. And they knew they had enough time. Their offense ran off the field. You got special team or field goal team ready. They run on the field. That's a substitution. You're allowed to match and substitute at that point too. But with that much time... Man, keep your defense out there. You're not even bringing in that many different people. That is such a, I mean, oh God, they botched that. This, so this was his explanation. They said they were in a dime package. So then when you bring on the field goal team, there's a substitution that needs to happen, which makes sense because I have two extra DBs out there. But he said himself they practiced that situation and did not execute in that moment. So whose fault is that? It's always on the head coach. It's the head coach. It's and, oh, I'm going to fire the offensive coordinator. Look, it obviously wasn't one game. Josh Allen's not playing. Well, he's turning the ball over a bunch. I mean, that was, uh, you know, he's having a bit of his college uh, flashback. We wasn't that accurate. Uh, turned the ball over. We knew he's really a phenomenal athlete with uh, an unbelievable arm. Um, like they're five and five, right? or, or maybe they're five and four, whatever their record is. It's not what everybody thought. That's a really talented football team, particularly yeah. offensively. I mean, they got skill positions off the board. You know, you're talking about one of the top three, you know, five, I guess, quarterbacks in the NFL. McDermott, you know, he pulled the trigger quick. You know, I, I've come from people that said, hey, you spend a long time hiring and you're quick to fire. Yeah. You know, because if you waste time, if it's not the right person, don't waste time on that. Get rid of them. And he maybe he just felt 
he wasn't the right guy. Felt that pressure. Yep. Kind of like the pressure USC felt after they lost the game. He has to get rid of their defensive coordinator. And then I go, look, they're still going to give up 40 points a game when he's out of here. Might as well let him finish the season. But Man. that's the pressure people get, right? They want to see changes made. So you find the lowest man on the totem pole probably and say, look, all right, we're going to get rid of him. All right, there's a situation going on in Minnesota, which I'm really impressed by. Uh, Josh Dobbs has taken over that team and kept the Minnesota Vikings in contention. Now, uh, I've never been traded or anything like that when it comes to the NFL. And I feel like as a receiver, it's a bit easier to hop into an offense and say, okay, QB, what I got? I got a post? Okay, I'll run that post. As a quarterback, you got to know what everyone's doing. You got to be able to protect yourself on the offensive line, put your running back in the right position, and then go through your progressions when it comes to throwing the football. I'm talking about Josh Dobbs over there. Now, I know he is a, uh, a rocket scientist. Yes, he is. And he's one of the smartest men in the NFL, but that still makes what he's done with the Minnesota Vikings impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know, I read some things that, you know, he got a borderline photographic memory too. And, you know, look, you're in the league. You know what an offense is, right? I mean, you call a play. There's only so many things you can do. But you got to know what everybody's doing. I mean, that's the hard part for, for, for the quarterback. Um, I, I've been in a situation. The toughest situation I've ever been in is my last year coaching. And I was in the meeting room. It was our last uh, game of the season. We're playing Cleveland, in Cleveland. So we got to travel early. We got to fly out on a Friday. The eight guys I had that started the season as defensive backs, every single one of them was on IR. Man. I had 16 guys in the room, in my, the meeting room, because you had to still go to the meeting. 16. I mean, it was crazy. I brought three guys in on Wednesday, and I did not know. I literally, I was on the phone. One of our other guys who had been with us for a couple weeks got hurt. So I now had to put in the, the guy who came in on Wednesday. I go, hey, put uh, so-and-so, number uh, 30, uh, 32. That, I mean, I didn't know. And then we're trying to run a blitz, and he doesn't know the blitz. And so now we're like, okay, we can't blitz. We can really run two coverages. And uh, Claire Farnsworth, do you remember Claire Farnsworth? Yeah, Long-time yep. uh, sports yep. beats writer for the, for the Seahawks. Yep. He remembers me running uh, into the <laughs> locker room, and I didn't remember the names of two of the guys. I go, hey, uh, you and you, come with me, because I, I needed to try to coach him up before practice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, uh, that was wild. And, and, and how do you think that game went? Y'all probably lost. Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. That's all bad. So, impressive. Now, the, the other part of the story is the Broncos are playing them. Mm-hmm. The Broncos have, what, won two, three games in a row? Three also, games now in a they're, row. they're in the playoff run, even though they yeah. look horrible. Um, they had no business even being in the game with Buffalo. Buffalo gave it to them. Why not? They just, they looked horrible. But, you know, Russell's playing pretty well. He's got 18 touchdowns, you know, four interceptions. Uh, that one pass, I mean, I don't know. I, whether he meant to throw it there, I don't know. It was a greater catch than it was to <laughs> what throw. What do you mean did he mean to throw it there? He... To that spot, I mean, I'm just saying it was an incredible catch. You sound like a hater right now. No, no, it was an incredible catch. And he's doing his little flip stuff. No, he played well. Uh, the team <laughs> didn't play well. That the Denver's not a good football yeah. team. No. But now you're playing Minnesota with Joshua Dobbs. At some point, the Cinderella story probably ends. Um, All right, so what's the bigger story? Russell Wilson extending that streak to four wins 
over Dobbs? Yes. Or Dobbs continuing the Cinderella story? Um, probably, well, for, for us up here, probably Denver. For the national media, probably Dobbs. Okay. Um, I don't think we're haters, but I'm certainly not rooting for Denver. I'm not a hater. No, but that. are you rooting for him? You sounded like a are hater. You, a but kid. are you rooting for him? I did the other night. Are you rooting for him? I did, yeah. You gonna I, root for, I root for Russell. Are you rooting? Now, now that there's nothing, we're not tied in any way, anyway, I'll root for Russell. All right. Yeah. He's been humbled. He has been humbled. That's why I root for him. Yeah. Now, if he had success over there, I'd be a hater just like you. <laughs> <laughs> just like me. I'm just playing with you. That's man. all right. Hey, man. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. You'll have a chance to win gift cards from the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection tonight. They're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood and the Lake House. You had the quesadilla. No, that was NASA. NASA had the but quesadilla. But it was really good. What did I have? That Oh, I know it. I had the, the prawns mm-hmm. and then the deviled eggs. And then I had the burger, but I didn't eat the burger. But I ate all your guys' leftovers. All our leftovers. Yeah. I'm basic. Bacon cheeseburger right here for your boy. Yeah, there you Don't go. do seafood. <laughs> All right. When we return, we will, uh, man, live and in person, Cam Young, the rookie, will be here. That's next right here on Hawks Live.